want you to turn in your Bibles to Romans 16, if you would. Romans 16. While you're doing that, I came across a few, I don't know, like Mother's Day cards, Mother's Day mugs. And I just thought maybe I'd read a few of them to you. Okay? Here's one. It's on the very front of a a card. It says, sometimes when I open my mouth, my mother comes out. On the front of a mug. Dear Mom, thanks for putting up with a spoiled, ungrateful, messy, bratty child uh, like my sibling. Love your favorite. There's a picture of a mom vacuuming and it says, yes, I'm vacuuming and singing while the kids try to watch a movie. I want them to learn what it, that it really stinks to have quiet time interrupted. Here's, here's another mug. It says, it's a little bit easier to read. Behind every great kid is a mom who's pretty sure she really messed things up. On the front of a card, it says, a good mother... Let's her kids lick the beaters. A really good mother turns off the blender first. (laughs) Sorry, we're recording this, aren't we? Mom always told me, if you can't say anything nice, then don't say anything at all. And some people wonder why I'm so quiet around them. Some of these are really sarcastic, aren't they? Man. Okay, there's two ladies. One is sitting behind a desk, the other in a chair, like she's being interviewed. There's a big sign above that says, uh, here we go, Motherhood, Inc., Human Resources. The lady says, that's sitting in the chair, she says, one vacation day a year? That's all I get? The lady behind the desk says, we call it Mother's Day, but technically you still have to work. Here's another one. Mom, what's it, this is like an old picture, uh, classic, of a little girl and helping mom baking dough, breaking bread. And she looks up at her mom and she says, Mom, what's it like to have the greatest daughter in the world? And the mother responds, I don't know, dear. You'll have to ask Grandma. Wow, these are really sarcastic. Okay, so here is the front of a card. And on one, two columns, on one side it says, to mom, and on the other side it says, to dad. To mom. I'm hungry, dot, dot, dot. I'm cold, dot, dot, dot. I'm hot. Can't I have? I want to watch. Where are you? Can you ask dad? Can you help me? He hurt me. She hurt me. I want to go there. Where? When are you? Why are you? Why can't we? Okay. And on the dad's column, one phrase. Where's mom? And then lastly, some inspiring day, uh, Mother's Day ideas. It says, when you thought I wasn't looking. It's the title of a poem. I'm only going to read uh, half of it. Is there any way to bring up the lights in the house here? I... Okay. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you hang my first painting on the refrigerator, and I immediately wanted to paint another. 
when you thought I wasn't looking. I... Bro, that is like, oh, I can read it now. Awesome. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you make a meal and take it to a friend who was sick. And I learned what it means to serve one another in brotherly love. When you thought I wasn't looking, I heard you pray over me and kiss me goodnight. And I felt loved and safe. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you sit. I'm going to get this word. I really am. I'm going to have to skip that one for some reason. I can't read that word. I got it. I got it. I figured it out. Here we go. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw that you cared and I wanted to be everything that I could be. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you praying and reading God's word and I learned to depend on and trust in him. When you thought I wasn't looking, I looked at you and wanted to say, thanks for all the things I saw when you thought I wasn't looking. I thought that was pretty special. Yeah. I know I'm supposed to hit a button on this. Thank you. We have some pretty awesome moms. I grew up with an awesome mom. My mom was a very, very quiet lady. My mom was somewhat naive at times. There were many times in which when we were getting a spanking and she asked us to go get the paddle and we got the paddle, but we took a little bit longer and she never noticed why. Because we would take socks and clothes and stick them in our backside and hand her the paddle and she seemed to never notice. However, when we got a book and put it back there, she always seemed to notice. But my mom was a very quiet young, quiet lady. Now, by quiet, I don't mean stealth. When she would walk into our bedroom, we would regularly hear her because she would say, this room is a pit. We always knew she was in the bedroom. But she was really shy. And she, but she really loved people. I remember growing up, and it was in the 60s. Yes, I saw the 60s. I saw all of the 60s. And in the 60s, there was still quite a bit of, of prejudice. And my mom had befriended a black lady and asked her to come over and spend the day with us. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'd never, I'd never seen growing up in a completely white church, completely white neighborhood, I'd never seen a black boy before. And we had a great time playing and, and I wonder, why do people find it so hard to live with, with black people? But I remember sitting down and I said, Mommy, I don't understand something. And I pulled out a crayon from the box. And I said, how come his skin doesn't look like this? And on the side of the crayon it said skin. And it matched mine, but it didn't match his. And my mom began to explain to me. She said, Michael, you just need to realize that many people in this world are threatened by others who are different than ourselves. And as a result, a lot of times there's a lot of hate and a lot of people that don't love those who are different than themselves. And my mom, in her very quiet, shy way, taught me how to love people that were different than myself. 
I love my mom very much. She was not an angry lady, though I tested those limits on a regular basis, and I'll have to admit my brother Rob and my other brothers did the same. As we look at Romans 16 this morning, Paul had a lot of mothers in the faith, a lot of women in his life that were sisters in the faith to him. We don't read anywhere of Paul's mention of his mother. We don't read any mention of his family, of siblings. But what we do hear regularly are those women in his life that regularly ministered to and impacted him. And so what I'm going to do is I want us to look at Romans 16. Now, here's something that's interesting. Paul never visited, at least to our knowledge, reading through Acts, he never visited Rome. And it appears that this is that he, he is sending a letter to the people in Rome, and it's, it's the longest greetings chapter in his letters, and he has never been there. But he knows so many of the people, and he knows them well. And so what I'm going to do is I am going to look at four women very briefly here, because I want to leave time for us to pass the mic, but four women very briefly that impacted Paul and many times impacted these Romans, and he commends them for it. And let me just say that with each of these, I am going to, I am going to choose a lady in the church and just commend you. And just as I'm sure Paul wrestled with this as well. There's like a gajillion women in this Roman church, and they're awesome, but I'm going to commend those who have done, who, who, I'm just going to choose some. Because he probably could have written several chapters, even though he had never visited there. And I could do the same. Honestly, church, I could go around the room, and I could commend every single one of you moms for something very special. So, so that I don't take the entire hour to do that, because I want to keep this short so we can have a pass the mic time. I'm going to choose just one lady for each. So forgive me, this is not to exclude any of you, because let me just say it again, you are all awesome, awesome moms. In the very first verse, two verses actually, he says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Centria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a great help to many, including me. Phoebe is a woman of God that Paul knows, and he is probably writing from the city of Corinth. So we're looking at around 57 or so A.D., and he is going to be visiting Rome. He just doesn't know how. He thinks that he's going to visit Rome on his way to Spain. Now, uh, tradition says that he actually did eventually visit Spain, but he visited Rome in a completely different way than he anticipated. He, went, he, was, uh, he, he, he was under arrest and a, eventually appealed to Caesar, and this is how he went to Rome. He did visit all of these people. Phoebe was someone, when he was writing from Corinth, was from Centria and probably only a few miles away. She had been a servant in the church. Some people, <clears throat> some versions translate this word deaconess. Regardless, she is more than likely the one who took the letter and delivered it to the Roman church. Now, she would have to either travel north all around 
I forget that particular finger of the Mediterranean Sea that intervenes between Greece and Rome or or Italy. More than likely, she traveled on the ship, all of which is dangerous, but she was willing to do this more than... Most of the time, Paul had a man do this, but Phoebe was apparently wanting to do this. And he commends Phoebe to them, and he says, welcome her. But the thing that I want us to focus on is that this lady, is, by the name of Phoebe, he calls her a servant. Whether she's a deaconess or not, the main focus here is she's a servant. She has helped others, and he says that she's been a great help to others, including me. She is on a mission. Her focus is outward. I want to just say that Mary Smith is one of the ladies in this church who reminds me of this woman, Phoebe, in that she regularly serves. She sends my wife and I texts almost every day with a scripture passage and at the very end, in bold letters, highlighted, underlined, and with about 10,000 exclamation marks, be encouraged, we love you, thank you for all you do, and you can't help but have a smile when you get those. Mary Smith, thank you for this. She runs errands for us, going to Sam's Club. She serves numerous of you. And as we pass the mic, invariably one of you are going to say, thank you, Mary Smith. Because this happened last year, except there was like half a dozen. Thank you, Mary Smith, for being a mother to me. Now, Mary has only two children. But these half dozen said thank you for being a spiritual mom to me because she has ministered to them and she has served and she has served many of you. And she she loves to do this. And the thing that amazes me is that Mary is able to look beyond herself. She's able to look beyond her problems. And you know, I remember 20 years ago when I first met them, and they were, there was just a lot of stuff going on in their, in their lives, and not the least of which, of course, Steve's health, and that continues to today. But Mary has grown to that point where she constantly is looking beyond the problems around her so that she can minister and serve others. Mary Smith, thank you for being an awesome woman of God, a mighty mother in this church. Let me read on. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Now understand, Priscilla is the wife. Aquila is the husband. Sometimes in Scripture it's Aquila and Priscilla. Sometimes it's Priscilla and Aquila. Um, usually you honor the man by having his name first. For some reason, several times in the scripture, actually more than Aquila's name being mentioned, her name is mentioned first. I can only imagine that the reason is because in this couple, Priscilla has really been a wonderful, awesome sister in the Lord. Not that Aquila is second rate, mind you. But there is something about Priscilla that is anointed of the Lord. They have a house church in their home. They were originally in Rome, and around 49... Uh, the emperor kicked all of the Christians out of Rome. They had to flee, all of the Jews out of Rome, and they had to flee. Paul eventually met them, and they, he, 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 at the end of his second missionary journey, dropped them off in Ephesus while he went back to Jerusalem to 
testify to the, what, what the Lord had done. And eventually he comes back. And what we find is when he comes to Ephesus, he stays there for almost three years. And God, through Priscilla and Aquila, have laid the groundwork so that an explosive ministry happens in those almost three years. And they had a house church while they were in Ephesus. And eventually now they have moved back to Rome. There's a house church in their home. And this is what he says about them. And and I'm going to focus on Priscilla. But he says they have risked their lives in essence, for the cause of the gospel. He says for me, that he, because they have aided him regularly in all that they have done, especially in Ephesus, where if you remember in Acts 19 with the, with the riot in Ephesus, Paul's life was at stake. So at many turns, they have risked their lives to be a blessing to Paul. She has risked her life for the cause of the gospel. And I want to ask you this question. Why would you risk your life For the cause of the gospel. That is my question. And I want you to think about this. Many times when we sit, when we are asked the question, would you be willing to lay down your life for Jesus? We're going to say, well, sure, I will. And why would you do that? Because um, it's a Christian thing to do. I don't want to be a bad Christian. All good Christians would want to raise their hand. But let me tell you this, that in the early church, many Christians recanted Christ. Christians or not, I I don't know. Those many who bore the name of Christ at sword point were commanded to renounce Christ or they would be put to death. There were many that were slaughtered for the Roman Empire. Many that were fed to the lions for sport because they refused to recant. Priscilla and Aquila were of that caliber and of that nature that said, you know what? If my life is on the line, I am willing to risk it for Jesus Christ. To do that, that means you are willing to lay everything down. Now, here is the honest truth, at least right now, and I praise God for this. We have tremendous freedom in America. That hasn't always been the case, but we're living in a day in which there is. Now, I'm not sure what the next administration is going to be like, presidential administration or the ones to come. Uh, Our freedoms are rapidly disintegrating. But the truth is, at the present, we live in a day in which our lives are not necessarily at stake. Lives of other Christians in other countries are. ISIS, you, you hear about them all the time, targeting Christians for their faith and killing them, even children. But we live in a country in which that's not the case. So when we talk about risking our lives, I want, I want you to hear, maybe not laying your life down, but sacrificing what you would consider dear. And, and this is a high honor for Priscilla to hear Paul's commendation and... I want to commend, and she's not here right now, but I want to commend my wife. Because my wife, more than anyone that I know, has risked so much. When we were courting, she said that she would, she wanted to eventually be at home. She wanted to be able to raise children. She wanted eight children. The Lord 
gave us five, but I remember a prophetic word that came out in our home group that said, God has called you to be a mother in Israel and a fruitful vine. And God is going to give you many spiritual children. And I believe that God has fulfilled that over years. My wife has many spiritual children. She has been willing, she is an incredibly intelligent woman, and she was willing to sacrifice a career because she wanted to stay home and educate her children at home rather than send them to the public school system. That was her choice. That was a sacrifice. We made it together, but she was the one who bore the brunt of that sacrifice. My wife has constantly been willing to lay down whatever she has needed to be able to care for our children. They are the... the first and foremost, on her mind. I remember we prayed constantly and continue to pray constantly for our children as they have grown up. And it is, just, it is amazing that my wife has been willing to sacrifice so much. From, the, from her college years, uh, she, her, her dorm was Grand Central Station. People were in and out of that place constantly. They would laugh Uh, As they came in, eventually it seemed that they would shed a few tears as she would minister to them, and they would walk out so encouraged. That's the nature of my wife, and and I love her for that. I don't have that ability to touch hearts the way she does. I I think I'm, I'm learning some from her, but she's been able to touch many of your hearts, and she's been willing to entertain telephone conversations. And she loves you people, and she has regularly been willing to sacrifice, not just for her children, but also as a pastor's wife. Moving to Central Florida was a huge sacrifice for her. She had to say goodbye to, to her relatives. We came to Orlando, and she had some relatives that lived here, but... The, the, the truth is, her mom and dad live four hours south, so she's a little closer, but it made traveling a l- or visiting a little easier, but she, we basically left everything. We moved here, and she was willing to make that sacrifice. I had no idea how the business would do. She was willing to, to make that sacrifice. There were times in which we fasted and prayed that God would come through. This was a huge step. My wife was willing to take that step. And I commend her for the incredible sacrifice that she has endured all along the way. You know, risk means sacrifice. Priscilla was willing to sacrifice. The third, actually it's not one lady, but in verse 12, it says, Greet greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, Another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. If you were to turn to 1 Timothy 5, and unfortunately we don't have time to do that, I'm just going to kind of list some of the things that you would find there. And what we do is, Paul is commending widows who are widows indeed. And he says, don't put them on the list until they, unless they meet these qualifications, one of which is over 60. Well, I'm not going to go there today, I don't, regardless of, of your age. But I do want to say this. And he commends those women, he says, who were faithful to their husbands, who were well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of the saints, helping those in trouble, and devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. You know, like every single woman here at Powerline does this. And I, I want to commend Laura Nolette for truly the amount that she has done that most of us never see. 
she, she has been the treasurer and taken care of the books for like 15 years almost, 10 to 15 years. She does the bulletin every single week. She's a part of the co-op and helps lead that. She prepares the, the lessons for the co-op with PowerPoints that, that are, are true, truly take a lot of time. She has helped Meredith and I with our books. She has been a, a part of the ministry as a, a life group leader. She's been a part of your life. She's had many of you uh, in, in her home ministering to them. She's had people living in her home at times. She and her family have sacrificed tremendously. And so, Laura, I want to say to you, thank you so much. Laura has never been paid for what she has done. We were able to manage to give an honorarium one time, which is a small pittance of what she truly has deserved financially. But Laura, thank you so much for how you have sacrificed and given and given and given. And I can remember so many times I'm on the phone, hey Laura, I, could you consider the possibility of maybe, yes Pastor Mike, what do you need? Well... Okay, I, I need a flyer for this. Or I'm wondering if you could do this. And, and I know that's going to take some time. She says, oh, okay, fine. So when do you need a flyer? And she has regularly sacrificed and served. And much of it has been behind the scenes. So, Laura, thank you for that type of sacrifice. You truly help set the pace when it comes to doing things, as Paul says, working very hard for the kingdom of God. Thank you. I've got to turn back to Romans 16. <clears throat> and I'm going to conclude with this. And again, this one would be able to fit all of you, but I, I, I have chosen to, to choose my mom as the example of this. But when we pass the mic, you're going to, you're going to hear from many of the young men and, and others commending the moms for this particular quality. I want you to turn to, to verse 13 where he says, Greet Rufus, and before I go any further, it is far more likely than not that Rufus is the son of Simon who helped carry Jesus' cross. He eventually moved to Rome, um, and his mother is commended here. And he says, you know, greet Rufus, <clears throat> chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Now let me just tell you, the, the behind-the-scenes commendation of this that maybe you're not feeling at this moment. Paul has known the Lord for at least 25 years when he writes this, or about 25 years when he writes this. He's a mature man of God. He has sacrificed so much. If anything, wouldn't he be a father in the faith? But he refers to Rufus' mother, not just because she is more than likely older than him, but she has truly been a mother, a in many ways, a spiritual, listen to this, a spiritual mentor to this apostle in the faith. Can you imagine the commendation of this now? Rufus' mother has ministered to them. It's not just because she ran and, and made some food and gave it to him, though I'm sure that she had him in her home many times or, or when, as she was traveling about, because all of these people, because Paul never visited Rome, all of these people he knew because they outside of living in Rome. 
So he's, they're living in Rome. He's commending them. But these people had been, uh, had been no doubt, kicked out of Rome because they were Jewish back in 49 AD. And, and now they've found their way back. And this is how he knew them because he, he, he met them in ministry. And she has ministered to them, not just feeding him food, which is an awesome ministry, don't get me wrong, but she has ministered to him spiritually. No doubt in, the, in all of his persecutions that we looked at last week in 2 Corinthians 11, she would be the one to bring a word, maybe a prophetic word, but a word nevertheless that would pierce his heart, encouraging and instilling hope that Paul, you are a called man of God and you will never die until you have finished your work here on earth. Because you are anointed and called of God, you're a chosen one. And whatever word that she gave him, she, he looked to her as a mother in the faith. I can remember growing up, my mom, as quiet as she was, she was a mother in the faith to a young man, and I mean very young man, who lived behind us, Caddy Cornerfield. His name was Bob Simmons. Some of you have met Bob. Bob grew up with an alcoholic dad. His dad eventually did die. But there were times in which his dad would get drunk. He would have to flee the house, and he would come over to our home, And he would just stay there, sometimes all day. And my mom would just love on him. And he was like, he was like a brother to me. He was like a son to my mom. And he commends my mom to this day. And thanks her. And my mom and my dad are in an assisted living facility. And that's only about just a few miles from where he lives. He's married. He has two children. And he has visited her several times, and has gone there because of what she has been to him when he was in the darkest, most difficult time in his life. He didn't know the Lord until later in in his teen years. And my mom loved on him and shared Jesus with him and prayed for him and prayed with him. And she indeed was a mother in the faith to him. Now I need us to step back as we wrap this up and pass the mic. I want us to step back and consider what does it truly take for us, not just you moms who have sacrificed, but for all of us, what does it take? How are we able to sacrifice and risk it all, lay it down, serve people? What does it take to, to, for someone to work hard, for someone to minister to the saints and be a mother in the faith? What does it take? It takes someone who's able to look beyond their present circumstances. And I'm just going to, there's many things that I could address here right now. I'm going to just speak to one thing to wrap this up. Ladies, God has wired you specially that is sometimes slightly different than us men, sometimes vastly different than us men, okay? God has wired you with this unique ability to love in a way that us men find difficult. We try, but you just, you exceed and you excel beyond us. You have this capacity. Part of it is emotional. Part of it is, is just, in, it's in the intangible realm that God has uniquely wired you in your DNA and in the call of God on your life to be a nurturer to those who are hurting, to be able to nurture your children beyond what us guys, us men can do. But the backside of this is that When bad things happen, it's easier for you to get wounded, to get hurt. 
The person, the woman who is able to reach out beyond that is the woman who has been able to lead their emotions rather than their emotions lead them. That when they're in this time of hurt, and guys, let's be honest, sometimes that hurt comes from us. And and ladies, just so you know, we really don't mean it. Sometimes it's just because we're thick-headed and we just don't get it. Or we're, we're, we're so focused on ourselves that we neglect your needs and we're truly sorry for this. And we realize, though, that it hurts you. But ladies, thank you. Thank you, ladies, for your ability to be able to forgive, to be able to not focus on these hurts and these wounds, and to offer them up to Jesus for Him to heal you. Because when that doesn't happen, when hurts are harbored and they turn into bitterness, That person's life, that woman's life turns inward. Remember that woman in the wheelchair last week? One, she chose she was going to work through this. The hurts that she received in life and even perceived hurts from God that seemed, you know, life had dealt her a bad blow. She was able to move past that. It wasn't God's fault. God was a good God. She refused to harbor these hurts, these grudges. The other woman chose not to, and you could see it in her face. You could see it in how she treated other people. And she was very self-focused. I want to commend you women. Many of you have learned in in an awesome way to be able to lead your emotions rather than your emotions lead you. To be able to see beyond those hurts. Offer those hurts up to Jesus. Ask Him to heal you. And it's enabled and empowered you through Christ to be able to see the needs of other people rather than focusing on those right there in front of you. You've been able to move past that. You've been able to forgive your husband. Thank you so much. You've been able to forgive your children. You know, it takes maturity to look at a child who's so upset with you, they look at you and say, I hate you. When I was a kid, I grew up and I formed a little kid's club called the Mother's the Mother Haters Club. I really did. I really did. The, the Mother Haters Club. I, I did that. The, <laughs> there's only a handful of us. I'm not exactly sure what we talked about, except that our moms just seemed to not always let us do what we wanted to do. Honestly, praise God for that. I, I grew out of that phase. Okay, I'm thankful for that. And I realize just how grateful I am for my mom. But you women, you have been able to move past those children. (laughs) Some of you have had little me's who said, I hate you. And you were so gracious, you realized you have no clue what you're saying. (laughs) And you have forgiven your kids. And some of those, (laughs) I won't go any further than that. But thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for not harboring these grudges. It has enabled you, just like these four women, to sacrifice, to risk, to serve, and to be a mother in the faith. Can I close in prayer right now? Father, I want to thank you for these ladies who have been able to reconcile life's difficulties in view of your sovereignty, in view of your love, in view of the great and precious promises that they have in Christ. That to worry and to harbor resentments will never serve their purposes or yours. Thank you, God, for growing them to be able to lead their emotions and to submit them to Christ. 
But especially, God, thank you for their servant's hearts. Thank you for their heart to be not just a mother to their own children, but a mother in the faith to so many of us. Bless all of these moms today. May they have such an awesome, wonderful, blessed, love-filled day tomorrow as we and, and all of their families tell them how much they appreciate them. They are so worthy of that, Jesus. Bless them, I ask. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I realize that the typical mic... Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to use this. And we are going to... We are going to... Do this. Since our other mic is not working, we're going to use this. And, And I would like to ask you... Not just children, but us husbands. What, what has your wife, what has your mother been to you? How might you publicly commend her, commend her here this evening? You can just raise your hand and I want to pass the mic on to you. And you're going to have that opportunity. Okay? I'm going to come around this way. I'd just like to say that... Um you know, my wife has been tremendous with our children, but I've also watched her reach out to other people in this church and how much she has mothered everyone, everyone in this church. She is an awesome woman who is called to be a mother. And she's not the only one in this church. I see it out of other ladies in this church, other mothers. And I just want to commend everyone in this church that reaches out to each and every one of every, everyone else. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. Okay. May? Um, I want to uh, commend my mama because she is really awesome and she works so hard at everything. And um, she really loves my brother and I and it really like shows and she's very kind and especially when I'm going through hard things. And I also want to commend Aunt Patty because um, every time I see you, you have a big smile on your face and you always ask me how I'm doing and I feel so like comfortable around you and I feel like I can just like be myself around you and you just adore me. <laughs> and <laughs> And um, you are very um, hospitable and very nurturing. So. Very good. Very good. Okay. Steve? So my mom's not here, but she has taught me a lot, uh, especially like business and real estate. So I'm thankful for that, for my mom. Um, and here I've been here for seven years now. And uh, I'd have to say that Someone who like really sticks in my mind is Miss Sandra, uh, just because like you're you're quiet and like you don't like talk a lot, but when you do talk, so you you speak with wisdom, and like at least in my life, and you are always there to pray, and that's something like every time I come into your home or like leave your home, you always ask how can I pray for you, and that's something that really blesses me. Thank you, and then Meredith. I love you.
Okay, so, oh. Somebody else. Yeah, I'm going to have to come back. Okay. Um, we all have heroes in our lives. Um, of course, Jesus. But one of my favorite heroes is my mom because she's always there for me. Like, literally, I have struggles. Like, every day, of course, everyone does. And I really need to get through it, especially during teenage years. And she's always there for me. And sometimes I don't feel like sharing it with her. And I think she can tell that. But she just, she goes through along and she encourages me along the way, even when I don't share. And I just want to say I love you, Mommy. Very good. Very good. Well, what can I say? I am um, have a kind of a tough job where I'm gone, more so than most husbands or fathers. But my wife is a superwoman. I have a cake waiting for her at the house. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but she um, has risen to the occasion and really meets the needs of our children and has my back in ways I don't even realize it. But I appreciate your uh, sacrifice and your devotion and your love and commitment of hanging with me for so long. Thank you. Very good. Very good. Okay. I want to thank my mom for um, just being a loving mom and feeding us food, delicious food. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just want to thank her for being um, a teaching mom and teaching us lots. And just thanks for being a loving mom. Mom. Very good. Mom, you are loving, you are compassionate, you are forgiving, you are merciful, you are like everything. You have all the fruits of the Spirit. However, in my view, all but one has not passed. My mom is the only one in my view that has passed. And mommy, you are the best mom ever. And I love you so very much. Well, um, uh, I, um, well, um, uh, I love my mom because uh, she, she is uh, telling me about God. She, uh, she, uh, she is sweet. She uh, um, she she's pray for, prays for all of us and. Uh, And uh, she's a very sweet mom. Amen. Amen. So um, I wanted to to, um, just talk about my sister-in-law, who is here, Claudia. And um, the first thing that she talked to me about when she, she and Rob went on a cruise, and the first thing she talked about was this young woman that she met and she reached out to every day and shared the Lord with her. And um, it just, 
Claudia has been a spiritual mom to so many people. And right now where Mike and I, you know, we're down here and we hardly see Mike's parents. Um, it's really Rob and Claudia and, and then Mike's sister, Ginny, that like really take care of her. And she just gives so much love to my mother-in-law. And also um, because of Rob's health, I've just watched her this whole week so devotedly take care of Rob and all his health issues. And she's so cheerful and so sweet all the time. And But my favorite thing about Claudia is that um, she always says, <laughs> whenever you say anything to her, she says, oh, well, let's pray right now. <laughs> and then she just starts right. praying. <laughs> and it's so awesome. And so I just want to... You know, um, God gives us a name that's better than sons and daughters. And, you know, and it's that position in the kingdom of God. And you definitely have that. And so, happy Mother's Day. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was raising my hand to mom, but I would love to go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. Never mind. <laughs> um, Mom? I have never seen someone pour out their lives so much for other people. And... I think that you're really good at loving people even when they don't show that they love you back. And I think you've been really good at loving people and turning the other cheek. I know that there are times that um, I've seen you be a mother to people and then I've seen them treat you badly. And, of course, I get all upset. But then, and of course, you get a little bit upset. but (laughs) But then it's like you just forget about it. And it's a little harder for me to forget. (laughs) But you are so quick to love people. And it's it's not just so much that you, just that you like people, even though you like people a lot. It's that you really, really value the kingdom of God. And whenever I talk to you, and and we'll just talk about um, life and things that have happened and maybe people who we wish that hadn't done things a certain way or you know, people you've invested in. And it always just comes back to the kingdom of God. It always comes back to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And I think it's really, it set me up for the way that I view life and the way that I view investing in other people because it's not about me and it's, it's not about what I get from people. And you've really taught me that. It's not about what people give you ever. It's all about what Jesus did for you. And how he saved you when you were 16. And I always tell your testimony to people, by the way. I think I share your testimony more than I share mine. (laughs) But because it's so powerful, and I know that because of that, it's so changed your life. And now you live every day pouring yourself out for others. And... um, making disciples because that's what honors Jesus. 
and that's how I want to live my life. I would just like to thank my mom because she's just always listened to me when I needed to talk to her or just prayed when I asked her to pray. And she's specifically prayed for me and I for specific things and like pretty much anything that we need prayer for. And not just for us, but for, but for pretty much everyone in the church. And I just really appreciate her for thinking of everyone. I love you, Mom. Amen. I'm really nervous, but I want to thank my mom, because my mom is awesome, even though she's not here. Um, since my father died when I was a baby, my mom had to be, for most of my life, both my parents, and so I commend her for her hard work and her efforts, and um, just her love and how loving she's been. But number two, Kate, I love you so much, and I am so proud of you. You are a mother in the faith to so many. Even when you were young, 16 years old, you're a mother to, like, people in their 30s and 40s and plus, and everyone in this room can commend that and say, yes, amen. And I am so proud of you, seeing you with your child in your arms and the baby on the way, and I know that you um, are a mother in the faith to them as well, and you've prayed for them long even before they were in a twinkle in your eye, you know, and even before you had your husband, and seeing you in your highs and lows emotionally and your fervor for the Lord, I just, I want to say I'm proud of you, and um, I know that you are, I'm proud of the mother, I'm proud of the mother that you've become, and I know that you are the perfect mom for them, so be encouraged. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. Mike, show me patience. Come on. I would like to commend Jane. I can't see her, but I know she's back there. Um, I know that Jane has had um, a challenging um, time uh, when, since Timothy was really little. Um, and now she is a caregiver to her dad. And um, she still loves Timothy right where he's at and seeks to pray for him and do whatever she can for him, even though he's married. And, but she, is a, she has always been an example to me of, you know, sometimes life really feeds you lemons. And that's okay. You still serve the Lord anyway. And so, Jane, thank you for that because you came into my life when I really needed to see that. So I love you, Jane, and thank you. I'm going to get to you, young man, in a minute. I'll make my way over there, I promise. Hello, hello. So, um, mother, I wrote this poem for my mom back there while we were making cards. And I wanted to read it to you all. Here it goes. I love you with all my heart. 
even if my limbs were torn apart. <laughs> you are cool. I wish I had a pool. You are very lovely, like a cute dove, Lee. <laughs> you are better than Mountain Dew. I wish my wife is like you. I love you, Mom, because you are the bomb. That's my poem to her. But, uh... <laughs> I do have to say, on a serious note, Mom, I do really love you, and I am very thankful for just everything, for homeschooling me, for giving me knowledge, for loving me, and for showing mercy to me, and I really do love you, Mom. I really do. Hang on. I've already made a commitment over here. Oh, yeah, yeah, we've been waiting over here for forever. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll start, um, I'll start with my mom. Um, thank you very much. Um, one of the things that I really appreciate about you, and, and Mike shared it during the sermon, is just serving people. And as us kids, um, stuff would come up or, you know, we would need help with something, and you just, you're really good about helping and serving and doing things. And I'm an adult now, and stuff has come up, and I, I called you one day because Kate was needing help, and I, I couldn't go home to help her, and so I just called you. And it was like the middle of the day, you're in the middle of stuff, can you just go and, like, check on Kate? And you did. You, like, you got up, you went over there, and, and you did what you could to help out. And, and that was, like, just an out-of-the-blue thing, and I feel like that is, that is who you are. Anytime we need help, anytime people in the church need help, you, you're mommy, and, <laughs> and 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 just I've really appreciated that over the years, just knowing that I can count on you and that you're you're going to be there. Um, the next person I wanted to talk about is Kate, and Kate is the best, and I love you very very much, and I respect you so so much, and I count on you so so much, and like I cannot tell you how much it blesses me. I. And we've talked about this, so I guess I'm sharing this with the others. But, like, I've wanted to be a dad for forever, for as long as I can count on. And, and, and being a parent, I see it as, like, this huge responsibility and this huge privilege that we get to, like, a discipleship relationship with every one of your kids. And that's a privilege to be able to have that much influence on somebody's life and be able to potentially influence them for the gospel to the Lord. Like, you, you don't get an opportunity like that, like, like that outside of kids. And to know that my kids are going to be discipled by you. Every day while I'm off at work, you're going to spend so much time with our children. And it really blesses me to know that it's you that's going to be home. It's you. You're the one that's going to be loving on our kids and nurturing them and feeding them and teaching them and loving on them. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that our kids are going to be the most loved kids ever because you're their mom. And I respect you and I love you and I care about you so much. And I thank you very much for being the mommy of my babies. And, and I wanted to share one more thing. Um, Mary Smith, this year for Kate and I, like we've had a couple of times where things were just really, really hard. And like, you know, we were just, it was hard. Um, and, you know, there are parts in the pregnancies that have been hard. And, and, you know, we've got a new baby and that was hard. And just hard things. And Mary Smith 
always knew when we were like having a hard time and like in so many ways and and you're a huge source of strength and hope and encouragement for both Kate and I and I can't tell you how much it means you're still doing it but like those texts and just checking on us at church and being there to lend us DVDs and stuff (laughs) you've been a huge source of strength and hope and encouragement for Kate and I and, and I love you and I really really appreciate that about you Do it like the Oscars, you know, when they get run out of time. Like, oh my gosh, you got 15 seconds. Okay. Uh, first of all, I want to thank the Academy and the fans. Um, no, seriously though, I want to talk about a couple of uh, of moms that have really been really dear to me for for so many years. And first, I want to thank my mom that now I watch as a grandmother and I see her as a mom in a, in a whole new light. And I echo what Zach said about you, Laura, because for us. My mom is like that. She's at the drop of a hat, ready to take Sarah wherever, and it's never it's never a no. It, it, it's like you know, you almost take it for granted if you're not careful. You know what I mean? Because she's just sacrificing that much, and I do commend you for that. And I watch as you are with with our boys, and they have such a great grandma that they can look up to. You know what I mean? And they can learn so many things from. And I thank you for that because they need that. The babies need their grandmothers, too, you know what I mean, as we've needed our moms, and I thank you for that. And I've, I've learned over the years that I carry with me a few extra stubborn genes, and they're kind of tough to deal with, you know. Um, and for Mary Smith in the back, way back when I lost, the, you know, some of the vision in my left eye, and I still remember the Chick-fil-A soup. I remember how it tastes, you know what I mean? And she was there for me. I drive by that Magruder Eye Institute now on the way home from work sometimes, and it immediately triggers a memory. And I remember you, you know, in my heart for that, because that was probably one of the the tougher times of my life, and you were right there, you know, with me, teaching me the things that I would need when the babies were being born, you know. And so it carries with me, and, and you've really encouraged me in that way. And then, of course, Sarah. I want to be careful how I say this. Sometimes the most frustrating thing about the boys is the thing I love the most because they want their mama. They want to be with her all the time. And they love me, and I, and I, and I have my time with them, but there are so many times I watch them, they want, to, they want to lay with her, they want to be with her, and I know this. I know that they're getting a steady diet of the word when I'm at work, that they're being raised by the perfect person. There could be no one more perfect to raise and teach these boys. And I get to come in here on a daily basis when I talk to people who have their kids go to public school and I say, we didn't want that for our kids. I don't want anyone else raising my kids except their mother and me. And she's teaching them. And I see her sacrifice and I hear the woes when I come home and I see that the house has been destroyed. And she looks at me and, and I say, okay, but it's fine because you spent time with our kids and that's more important. That's way more important what they do. But there are five women, Laura, Mary Smith, Meredith, my mom, and Sarah, that all have done this for me. They have made me feel safe. And I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it makes sense in my head. Because I'm okay to be who I am. As God is growing me, I'm okay to let the defenses down. You know who else did that? Jesus did that. He made people feel so safe 
with him. Because he said, it doesn't matter what you've done. I covered it all. You know? And they have an ability in that way to make me feel safe. And it, let, and it means I can grow in the Lord because I don't have to hide from who I am. I can be this faulty person and still attain to Jesus. As moms, you've all done that in my life. You make me feel safe. And I really appreciate it because I don't have to pretend and I don't have to put up walls. I can walk into the door into open arms, literally open arms. When I approach you guys, it's open arms. And that will mean more to me than anything else in this world, me personally, before I'm a dad and a husband, as just a man. Thank you. Okay. Well, I'm making my way over to Madeline. Debbie, isn't it great to have grandchildren? I've heard it said, someone said, if I'd known grandchildren were so much fun, I would have had them first. (laughs) Okay. Um, One of my favorite things about my my mother is that she is so joyful, like no matter what she's going through. And um, even in the hardest of times, she'll still have that joy for for my dad and for us as children. And um, she's always just full of trust in the Lord. And she's like, you know what? Even though this is going on, I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to read the word. Sam, honey, read the word out loud. <laughs> like she'll just, be <laughs> she'll just turn to the Lord whenever she's upset. And I really, really love that, and I really admire that. And um, she is so comforting as well. She has such that nurturing comforting heart for all of us children and I really love that about you and I love you. Thank you. Very good. I definitely want to commend my friend Nikki Lana. I've known her for many years and she has always been an awesome, awesome mom. She's faithful. She does what's right no matter whether it's hard or not. You've raised your children so well, and you've homeschooled them so well. They are so intelligent and so loving, and they're awesome kids, and you've done a great job. And I just want you to know that I admire you greatly. Amen to that. Amen to that. Okay, sweetie, you want to say something? Okay, go ahead. Well, first of all, I wanted to talk about my mommy. The first time um, I've ever got to spend time with her, um, I just never felt the same thing I felt that time um, when my mom was with her at church. Um, I read her stories, and she helps me through everything I do, and even though it's hard, she um, helps me, but... Every night she tucks me in and we do a special kiss. Um, but I really wanted to make a special day for her. So awesome. That would be awesome. Very good. Very good. Okay. I've got 12 after. Here we go. Is there anybody else who wants to say something after Daniel? Okay, and then we're going to conclude with you, Mr. Jesus. 
I want to thank my mom so much for how she raised me up um, and for um, just being the mom who is always there when I'm struggling through school, when I'm struggling um, in something else, and she's just always there for me. Thank you, Mom. Good job, Daniel. Since I've been here in Powerline, uh, well, let me first of all say, my mother passed away 30 years ago, so I don't, I haven't had a mother for quite a while. But at the same time, I have to say, when I came to Powerline and I met all the mothers here and all the females, mother type, teenagers, and all, I want to tell you, this has been quite an experience because each one of you, in your own ways, single, married, or whatever, you've taken me in a, such a way that I felt like I was part of your family. And... I really respect that. I mean, I, I, you, you don't, you, you do that out of, yes, I know that's out of respect, but at the same time, there's no respect there. There's respect, there's plenty of respect. But I have to say, you, you all go beyond sometimes, but I appreciate that very much. But I, I, don't, I don't like doing this right now, but there's one individual in this room I hate to say favorites, but she is the favorite. Yeah, it's Mary Smith. And she can read me like a book. Yeah, she, she says she learns from me every day, but at the same time, she can read me like a book, and she can always guide me in the right way. And she always turns it around somehow. And... Yes, it's her favor all the time, but at the same time, hey, I'm, I'm willing to humble up and accept it, but I have to really admire, admire the fact that, yes, Mary Smith is a mother to all of us in this, in this church. And I love, I love you all. And Mary, your mother, your sister, and your true friend. Thank you, James. That's great. Thank you to all of you moms. You are awesome. I hope tomorrow you have an absolutely amazing, amazing blessed day. And it, we could truly, I know we could truly go around for another hour and commend uh, our moms who are here and moms who may not be here. But moms, thank you so much for how you have sacrificed and poured yourself out to us kids. And you are women who are worthy of praise. You are the Proverbs 31 women. So thank you. And as your pastor, thank you for setting such a great example here in our midst. Can I pray for you right now? Father, I thank you for these ladies as they have... 
uh, poured themselves into their children. Uh, some of them, their children are, are grown and gone. But God, you have blessed them with, with hearts to be spiritual mothers yet. And I ask God that you would pour out favor upon them. May this year be a, a year that of of fulfillment of dreams and desires and longings that you have placed in their hearts, that they have prayed for, that, Father, that there would be breakthrough in many levels, there would be um, restoration of hope, that there would be uh, blessings in their home, that you would bless them financially, that you would bless them relationally, you would bless them with a closer walk with you, that, God, that you would make them uh, even twice the mothers in the faith that you have already made them. And I just ask you, Lord, when they stand before you on that great day, that you will look at them and you will commend them and you will say, well done, very good and very faithful servant. Enter into my kingdom. And I just ask you, Lord, for your blessing upon them. As we honor them tomorrow, may they feel so loved and so cherished. They are fully worthy of it in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Have a super week and a great day tomorrow.